Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast. I am your host, Joe Aragon. With me today, Clara Curtis, and in the house today, revisiting 2014's Gone Girl. And before we get to the movie itself, Clara, how are you? It's been a minute. How are things going? Hi. Things are going. Um, <laughs> they are going well. Uh, yeah, it's been a minute. There's obviously been a lot to figure out yeah, in terms yeah. of strikes and what what um but it's been interesting it's exciting like it's weird being like involved in the film industry but also kind of not you know like there there's still definitely like a barrier between like my involvement in film but it is really cool like seeing an industry i care and love about so much like fight for better pay and wages and care from the studio execs so yay strikes it sucks but it's great i'm conflicted <laughs> yeah what a what a transition i was going to transition to that in a second and you just went oh. straight into it from the how well, are you claire <laughs> well it's all i'm thinking about if we're being honest i'm thinking yeah, about no, it all day every day <laughs> you, that's totally fair i i am as well it's consumed my brain my entire life the you know, you're right. We do live in this weird limbo of we're in the industry, we're not in the industry. Maybe a little mm-hmm. bit m- more me than you, but it, it's definitely a little strange and kind of where we sit in terms of what's going on. But what's going on is extremely important, and that's what we need to reiterate and really echo in this podcast and and future episodes of this podcast, whatever episodes come out. One message needs to be very clear is that we completely support the writers and actors who are striking they absolutely Mm -hmm. deserve what they're demanding it is a little insane that we had to come to this point where studios are unwilling to pay residuals provide a livable wage better working conditions but this is where we're at right now so if you are wondering where we went we did take the one week off to kind of recalibrate to figure out what do we need to do as a podcast to stand in solidarity with the actors and the writers and continue to support the industry that we love but also do the things that we love as well so it's been a learning process and things may change in the future as well but for right now what we've decided is that we'll continue to uh, talk about movies, but no new movies from this year to mm-hmm. not support any of the struck movies from this year. Um, and although some of the movies we may discuss in the future are from struck companies, we are going to be donating portions of our Patreon earnings every month to the SAG After Foundation to uh, aid in the fight against the greedy, greedy studio. So that's the current plan now. Now, like I said, things could change. Who knows what happens in the next couple of weeks? But for right now, that is the plan. Yeah. Uh, it's a wild world right now, and we need to do what we can to support the people that make the movies that we love to talk about. So that's, mm-hmm. I think, where we stand as a, an entire team, me, Clara, and Sydney. So if you have any yeah. questions, feel free to reach out to us. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend the entire episode talking about the strike, although we uh, will mention it every episode because it's very important. Um, anything to add, Claire? That was my whole spiel. I, I took a like, couple minutes there. Anything you want to add? It was good. I liked it. Um, I think the only thing I would also add is to 
the pop like I'm just pretending they're listening but to any <laughs> uh Cartoon Network or Warner Brothers animation uh employees who are currently taking steps towards unionizing I oh, support I you yeah yeah oh yep they are there's rumblings and I'm hopeful for you and I hope you are able to achieve that goal and fight for better rights for you and your coworkers. I so agree. that's exciting too unions I love unions everyone should unionize let's it's do it it's hot strike summer <laughs> It's hot strike yeah. summer. I think they're like the obviously the writers, actors are striking. The hotels yep. near me are striking. Literally, yep. there's a hotel down the street from me on the same block as me. They're striking. Yep. Uh, UPS is on the verge of a strike, or they are striking. I can't remember. Um, they're they were getting really close, but it sounds like top UPS people panicked and went back to negotiations. Oh, is okay, what I read okay. most recently. Is they're willing to go back into negotiations, but who's to say what will okay. happen with that? Um, I have a lot of family that works in the airlines and contracts for them are also close to expiring. Ooh. Um, so yeah, it is, it is yeah. the year of the strikes. Demand what you deserve and, uh, yeah. go, go get that bread. You deserve it. Eat the rich. Eat the rich. All right. Which is a perfect segue to our movie Gone Girl, a movie that we chose, <laughs> actually the patrons chose months ago when we were yes. doing revisiting episodes and then the podcast changed dramatically. We had all these other series so we had to put the revisiting series on hold but we did not forget gone girl was chosen by the patrons back when we had maybe 100 patrons now we're at 200 plus which is wild to think about so if you're listening to this on the public side and you want to check out the patreon you should it's a crazy world over there uh by crazy i mean a bunch of beautiful individuals comprising of a beautiful community uh called the roomies we've called them roomies that's their name yeah but they chose Gone Girl, so here, that's what we're talking about today. Uh, Clara, mm-hmm. your first memories with Gone Girl. I know you are excited. I'm thrilled to be talking about Gone Girl. I love Gone Girl. Um, <laughs> uh, this came out um, first semester of college for me, which is like super fun. And so watching it was like really monumental because like, I feel like when I was 18 is when I was really kind of shoving aside what like I initially thought like the extent of feminism could be like I was learning about intersectionalism and just like honestly more than anything like shutting up a little bit as like a white person (laughs) and just like figuring out my ideals and I feel like Gone Girl was such like a confrontational watch and I think it still very much is in that like on one hand we're like good for her on the other hand, we're like, oh, what the fuck? Like, it's yeah, so, yeah. it's nuanced, it's messy, and I love that. But it, this really did kind of make me, like, sit down and be like, what What do I think? Like, this is such a complex movie, and it was such a thrill to see play out. I hadn't read the book before I saw the movie, so the movie was, like, ultra, like, a shock for me. I've read the book since then. Um, oh, you but, yeah, have? yeah, it was just... Yeah, have you read the book? No, I have not. <gasps> oh. We'll we'll talk about book versus movie later then. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, that's kind of my first memory essentially is just this came out when I was just starting college and I was like forming wow, my that's own so opinions important. properly. I know, it's very like formative in a way. That's um, cool. I yeah, have nothing but... interesting like that. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it has it not I mean it came out in 2014. I don't think I even saw it in theaters if I'm being honest. Oh. The, from the years of 2012 to 2014, 2015, maybe, I was lost. 
so lost. I was in a, a sorry to this person, but I was in a really terrible relationship and I was not able to be myself and do the things I love. And it was just just bad for me. Uh, mm. I was in my own Gone Girl era. Not to say like I did anything bad. Yeah. I'm just saying oh. like I was, I was just, uh, no, Wait, just, what did you do? No, 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 no. I mean like I was just Hang unhappy. On. <laughs> <laughs> so I missed this movie in theaters. By the time I watched it, it was probably like 2016, 2017, a few mm. years after it came out. Mm-hmm. I was so mad at myself because I loved it almost immediately. And I've kind of revisited it, revisited this movie maybe once a year since then. Maybe once every Ooh. couple years. But yeah. every time I do revisit it, I'm just like, wow, this movie is really good. And I love how you put how messy and nuanced it is because I think that's yeah. kind of the intention of the movie is to be a little mm-hmm. bit confusing in terms of how you feel. Because there are moments where you're rooting for her, and I'm like, yeah, good for you. Good for good for her. Do what you need to do. And then there are mm-hmm. other times I'm like, oh, shit, this is, you're, kind of, you're kind of a little off your rocker a little bit. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that's super intentional, and that's why I love it. Mm-hmm. It does make for interesting conversation. It does make for interesting watches. I text Clara last night, and I was like, hey. No, no, I didn't even say hey. I just said, Gone Girls two and a half hours? Question yeah. mark, question mark, exclamation point. <laughs> And yep. flew by. I don't think I even noticed oh, yeah. it was two and a half hours. I, I was no. having an absolute blast. What a movie. I really, really enjoyed this movie a lot. So I'm so excited to talk yeah. about it. I'm glad people voted for it. Clearly, people like it. Mm-hmm. Before we jump into the movie, let's just get some information out there. Okay. Released specifically October 3rd of 2014. It is directed by David Fincher, who mm-hmm. I think I've reached this point where I, I can like comfortably say he's one of my favorite filmmakers ever. Oh, me too. Yeah. I think like on like the basic scale, you know, like the film bro scale, this is like the most I'll like get into like this is my favorite like film bro director. Mm -hmm. If he is a film bro director, I'm not really sure. Who knows? But that's different. The the meaning of that word is so different than what it was like five years ago. It's like, I don't know. It's so true. Yeah. What does it even mean anymore? The point is that like for a long time, I think I denied the fact that Fincher was one of my favorite favorite filmmakers because I was so afraid of being judged as like a basic person with basic taste but i don't know i think i've evolved past that and have realized yeah yeah, i just i love everything fincher does Um, right so anyways directed by david fincher here's the cast Mm -hmm. it's a big one here we go ben affleck plays nick dunn rosamund pike plays amy dunn neil patrick Mm -hmm. harris plays desi collings tyler perry plays attorney tanner bolt Carrie Coon plays Margot Dunn. She goes by Go, which I think is a super mm-hmm. cool nickname, by the way. So cool. I love it. <laughs> Kim Dickens plays Detective Rhonda Boney. Patrick Fugit plays Officer James Gilpin. Patrick Fugit, for those who don't know, is the main character in Almost Famous, the main young kid. If you recognize oh, cool. that face. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, Missy Pyle plays Ellen Abbott, the cable TV host. Um Emily Radajkowski plays Andy Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote down Boyd Holbrook plays Jeff, the flirtatious man who Amy meets at the Ozarks. I wrote him down because he's kind of a big actor now. He was Indiana Jones, uh, the recent Indiana Jones. He was oh, a bad cool. guy in Logan. So he's kind of a bigger actor now, Boyd Holbrook. He's making his name for himself over wow. there. Wow. Anybody I missed that you want to add very quickly? Um... Not cast-wise, but I will say a cool thing is that Gillian Flynn, the author of Gone Girl, um, 
helped write the screenplay for the movie. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that was really neat because it's just happen. fun when they get to do that. And from what I understand, it was a very collaborative experience with Fincher and she like really enjoyed it and that like it was a really cool process. Thank so I'm like, you. yay. Yeah. Thank you for bringing this up. I feel like I read that and was kind of shocked because not often do the authors work on the actual screenplay. Very often right. they hire a screenwriter to write the screenplay based on the book. So it's very cool that she worked on the screenplay with Fincher and it shows. Yeah. I feel like there's like a level of like, well, actually, I don't know. You're going to tell me if how like not maybe accurate to the book in terms of its mm. content, but maybe in terms of its themes is I think is more important. Yeah, it, it's actually really interesting because I, when I was reading about like their writing process, the thing that really stuck out to me is there's this quote that Fincher gave to Flynn where he was basically like it was kind of like a critique but also I think it's really helpful for like if you're trying to write a screenplay in general which is that like the audience can't understand fully what your characters are thinking so you have to give us like how they're behaving and that's what tells us what's going on and I thought that was really neat because like Gone Girl at its core is very much like an internal panic kind of read like you're you're very much in Nick's head and you're feeling like the the frustration and the unease. And then also like you're getting Amy's perspective. And I think that's honestly, if anything, that's probably the biggest shift from the book, in my opinion, is that the balance of hearing from both sides is a little off in this. But obviously it, it kind of has to be um, to work as well as it does. Like it works very well. But the book is definitely a little more balanced and... I think there's pros and cons to that. And I think the thing is, is like, it makes more sense for it to be balanced in a book where, like Fincher pointed out, like we're in the characters' heads. And when we're not, like we need a more focused, like perspective and it works out well for the film. Um, So yeah, that's kind of like my big observation after reading the book and watching the movie and all Perfect. of that. Hello, Baloo. Well, <laughs> at least we had somebody on this podcast who read the book. I was, I mean, like, a lot of movies are based on books, and we haven't read all the books, mm -hmm. but it helps mm -hmm. that you have. So thank you, Clara. Yeah, of course. Guess the Rotten Tomato score. Here we go. Okay. Dark, intelligent, stylish to a fault. Interesting. Mm. Gone Girl plays to director David Fincher's sick strengths while bringing the best out of stars Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike. What uh, do you think? Critic and an audience score. I think... See, I'm paranoid because I feel like the audience score is being maybe negatively affected. Is my like blind assumption because there are some people that get really mad about this movie. <laughs> um, so I think for critics, I think I would say 91, and for audiences, I think I'll say like 82. You are not totally off in both okay. both uh, instances here. Critic score is 88. So you're only off by Ooh, okay. 3%. Nice job. Nice okay. job. Audience score, 87. Oh, so a yay. little higher than you anticipated. Yay. Um, why do you think people hate this movie? Or why do you think the people who don't like this movie, what is it about it that you think they don't like? Okay. Well, so here's the thing. I have like a very intimate experience with this. Oh, no. You have, a, you have a, your own anecdote to tell. I have an anecdote to tell about this movie. Me and this movie are besties because of this, I think. Oh, no. Um, if you don't know, on Letterboxd, I run a list that's fairly popular. Uh, it's called The Good For Her Cinematic Universe. 
and I just put stuff on there that while I'm watching it, I'm like, good for her at any point in the movie. It's not like an indication of like, the ending is like a good for her triumph. That's not what I'm saying. But a lot of people interpret it that way because maybe, just maybe, our country lacks media literacy? Maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) And also they don't read the description of a list before they go and comment on it. But Gone Girl is on the good for her list. There's, like I said at the beginning, there's moments in this where you are like, good for her. But there's also obviously other moments where you're not. But either way, it qualifies in my eyes. And people get pissed. People, People lose their mind over that movie being on the list to the point where like, it's exhausting. Like it's like that they get rabid. Dude, what and is the main reason? Um, they just get really upset. At, you can't say good for her for a woman who murdered a man and is torturing her husband. And it's just like, actually, I can and I will. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's funny because I just. You know, people look at a list, they get pissed, and it's also like, okay, but you're not, it's just a list. Like, there's not like I'm writing an in-depth analysis breaking down the complexities of Gone Girl. I would assume that everyone has a little bit more of a brain, but they don't. And that's okay, it's fine, it happens. But people get, like, a really, like, jump reaction of, like, this movie empowers women to shit on men and ruin their lives. And it's just like, yo, like... I promise you the majority of people aren't going to do what Amy Dunn does because no one, like most people aren't as wealthy and privileged as Amy Dunn. Yeah. Like first and foremost, let's get that out of the way. She's doing what she's doing because she's privileged as fuck. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting being like almost like a, a springboard for people to vent about how much they hate Gone Girl. Uh, <laughs> I've seen so many people rant about it. It's fascinating, but it's definitely left me jaded. So I'm pleasantly surprised to hear the audience score is higher than I expected. Like that's great. I'm happy. You make up a or you made some really good points, and I feel like when I looked at the audience reviews, most of them all centered around not liking the ending, and it really? that kind of I think makes sense with what your your stories are with people on letterbox getting upset that you can't put the movie on the list because Mm -hmm. most people are saying like well the ending in a way amy wins i mean she she wins she is able to get what she wants and uh the few or a lot of the negative reviews on rotten tomatoes all the one star half stars all about the ending here's one that says really incredibly corny the first half was watchable but gets stupider and stupider I don't understand why this was considered a good or stylish film, which is okay. All right, stylish, maybe. Sure, sure. Sure. Then someone put, the movie is too slow and the plot twist is disappointing and not worth it. I almost slept with this movie. Wow, okay. You do you. I'm not judging. Oh. No kink shaming here. Um, New kink unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> I had big expectations, but actually quite ended quite disappointingly. Um, also, where's the plot twist in this movie? Is there a plot twist? I don't. I don't remember there being a plot twist. The so th- this is an interesting thing that I've found is obvious. This is very much like a like a one and done. Like you either have it spoiled or you don't. But like the fact that Amy is alive is the plot twist. Oh, yeah. Interesting. In the in the in the book, especially, I think that's a much bigger shock because it's a little it takes a little longer to kind of get there but that is the idea is that like you're watching and 
from the get-go, you're supposed to essentially, like, suspect that Nick did it or someone else, like, bad did it. And that's why, you know, they drop in, like, her parents saying, like, she's had stalkers. Like, we've had issues because, like, she's based off, like, we based our books off of her and, like, crazy people come around. Like, that whole notion is kind of building to this idea that, like, a man has essentially, like, taken Amy and potentially killed her. And then the reveal is that she's not dead at all, that she's completely alive, and that she's done this to herself in, like, revenge against her husband. And that, like... She's not just some, like, well-educated white girl who has daddy's money and, like, sits around and spends it all. It's She is, like, a vindictive, conniving supervillain. Like, I don't yeah. know a better word for her. Like, she is a supervillain. Wow, well um, said. Thank you. So that's definitely, I think, what the twist is. But I do think it's funny that that's what people complain about because it almost feels a little bit like them... The, the quiet part that they're not saying out loud is, like... I'm mad that the woman is smarter and doing these things. Like that's yeah, kind I'm of mad what it the woman is alive. Is essentially, yeah. the, they're mad about. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if maybe I've just always knew that she yeah. was alive, and so when I, you know, the, we do get to the cool girl monologue, which is like the big reveal. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was shocked by it, but I am curious to know if people who watched for the first time did watch this under the assumption that she was dead and then when it was revealed she was alive i wonder if that was like a, a big like holy shit moment i am i'm so curious now so if you were watching this thinking that she was dead let me know I, i'm very curious to know how that went for you i, I don't well, know if it's me. like you for sure you thought she was dead in the beginning the first time totally because i hadn't read the book like i didn't know anything i just knew this looked cool so it was like it was really like whoa like we went there like that's so it's very different than anything else i'd seen like it where it's like kind of like a true crime me kind yeah. of mystery like I usually just, yeah i don't remember a universe where i didn't think she was dead or i thought she was dead wow. i thought i always thought she was alive i'm wondering because it doesn't feel like Hey, like it's not framed and told in a way that's like explicitly traditional who done it like a mm-hmm. very classic zodiac or classic seven you know like a classic fincher who done it mystery movie where it's it's mm-hmm. it's framed in a way that makes it feel like okay we need to figure out who killed this person i guess it is i don't know i'm just so i've i've maybe i've just lived with this movie for so long i don't remember a time where i watched it and thought Oh, she's not dead. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's uh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, anyways, I'm yeah, just, it's kind of a mind blowing no. moment for me. No, you're good. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think also the thing about it too, where it's really wanting you to think that is the way that it structures or like integrates her diary entries, where like every flashback we get is essentially meant to be read as Amy's diary entry. So yeah. we get like their first meeting and it's so magical. And then obviously as the film progresses, they get a little darker and darker and darker. But also we know the diary is entirely fabricated because she wrote an entire <laughs> chunk of diary entries just to ensure the cops. Were, like, it's just, oh my God, so many pieces to her plot. But like that also I think feeds into this idea of like, we're really like, it, it's almost like, catering to the expectation that i think a lot of people have which is that the husband did it because i mean in most cases in real life the husband did it does do it, but yeah. yeah it really leans into that expectation and then kind of flips it on you which is al- alarming but i totally i get you because like i feel like honestly now 
almost 10 years since this movie came out, which is crazy. Whoa, um, it's almost 10 years. Why'd you almost say 10 that? Years. <laughs> next fall. Next fall will be 10 years of Gone Girl. Um, that's so weird. Uh, I think, I mean, most everyone knows what is going on in Gone Girl now. Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of, I feel like you, like, it's really hard not to know what happened in Gone Girl. So I, that is kind of a shame. But I think initial watches when it first came out or like whoa whoa yeah that's so cool i wish that would have i wish i have a memory about that i don't right now anyways uh imdb facts okay i wrote down the most famous one that i feel like we just have to talk about because it's everywhere is it the hat it's the hat (laughs) yeah it's it's the hat it's the most famous fact about gong girl that you'll see like on like tiktok or social media somewhere someone will always bring up the hat so if you don't know i'll be the one to grace you with this knowledge Mm -hmm. originally nick dunn's character in the airport was supposed to wear a yankees cap but ben affleck a staunch diehard red Sox fan refused to wear it now i've heard Mm -hmm. stories and read stories that it was such a contentious argument between him and fincher that like it shut down production for like a day for i said i saw four days four days okay so like it like went on (laughs) (laughs) so i've read so many different like versions of like how big of a deal this was i you know and i've read so much and heard so many stories how fincher is a very meticulous director he's Mm -hmm. somebody who wants a certain scene a certain way so if then he takes x amount of takes that's what he'll do. I mean, I think famously the social network, that very first scene between Eisenberg and Rooney Mara took like an insane amount of takes because he wanted it done in such a specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if this was a point of contention between Fincher and Affleck that none of them would yield and give in. But eventually they came to a compromise and Affleck would wear a Mets cap instead of a yeah. Yankees cap. <laughs> Which is just, uh, you know, I, I wanted to ask you if there's anything mm. in the whole world, any anything that you're so passionate about that you refuse to wear a Yankees cap. What is your, what's the Clara equivalent oh. to that? Is there one? I'm trying to think. What if you had to eat a w- caterpillar? Well, now we're just now we're just playing Fear Factor. What scenario <laughs> am I in? This is totally different than Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's Fear Factor is not wearing a Yankees cap. Okay, this is true. This is true. I was trying to think of something bug related because I know you like bugs. I was like, oh, what I if do you like had, bugs. You had to eat a bug. Uh, what if you had to wear a shirt that said, "I hate bugs"? I would do it, and then I would have someone put a post-it note on my back that says, "Just kidding." Yeah, but also so it's, it's like yeah, it's just acting, right? You're not you don't cl- yeah. obviously like hate bugs. Yeah, that's true. I think it's hard to imagine because it's like I just don't I'm not an actor. I'm not acting in my life. This is me, everybody. You're getting like 100% Clara 200 and no, 365 Whoa, days. Whoa, I was like, damn. <laughs> what kind of years are you living? <laughs> I know it's secretly. Been hard, but okay, all right. <laughs> oh my god! It's okay, approaching uh, uh, New Year's for Clara in a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm ready to be done. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that. I don't think I have any. Do you have anything for yourself? No. Can you think of anything? Okay, no, so I feel I do, better. There is no. 
equivalent. I mean, sports wise, I don't have an immense dedication to any team. I mean, maybe when I was younger, I did, but now mm-hmm. that I'm a little bit older, I still love sports. I love watching sports, but I don't have mm-hmm. this, you know, fervent, passionate dedication to a specific team where I would refuse to wear a cap for a scene in a movie. And like you know, I mean, like he's famously very Bostonian, so I'm sure yeah, like he he's Boston. He is he is Boston, and I'm sure he didn't want to like go back to Boston. People give him shit for wearing a Yankees cap. So I I don't know. I, there is no equivalent to me. I'm curious to know if there's anybody who's listening that does have an equivalent to this. Like, what team would you refuse to wear to uh, in a in a movie scene? If you have one, please let us yeah. know. I'm so curious. So curious. Um, but I wanted to bring that up because it's just such a famous fact, and I was like, I would, I would feel remiss not bringing it up. So, I, I, I will use my fact to say that. What is your fact? Okay, my fact, my fact speaks to this notion that actually a couple things more recently have kind of followed suit, and I'm such a big fan of this, and I wish stuff still did this. But it's a type of marketing that was happening in like the 2010s and even before the two, like just in the 2000s, really, like in the early kind of stages of the Internet days, where when, as like part of the promotion for this movie, there was an actual website called findamazingamy.com. And it was a working website where you'd go to it and it would do it would feature like a news ticker from um, the Fox affiliate news station from like Springfield, Missouri, where the movie takes place. And it had like all this information about where Amy Dunn, like the disappearance of Amy Dunn and like where she might be. And then like the links would take you to like this film's social media pages and like the official trailer for the movie. And I just, I love when stuff does that. Like something really recently that did it, I think Yellow Jackets has something similar or like the Batman film front with Matt Reeves. Oh like, he yeah. Did. They, they, they had uh... a, yeah, they had stuff. I love when people do that. The downside, this is a, this is a cool fact because I think shit like that is so fun. But the sad news is that as of August 2019, the URL now just directly takes you to 20th Century Fox's movie. Boo. Boo, 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 boo. Fuck tomato, you. Tomato, boo. tomato, tomato. Tomato, 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 tomato. I don't want that. I want to find amazingamy.com. Yeah, Give it back. that's, that's yeah. lame. Although I will completely I echo your sentiment in that, man, promos back in like the mid 2000s, early 2010s, even early 2000s, top mm-hmm. notch. Just so cool. Really fun ways of using the internet, which was still yeah. in, largely in its infancy to promote their films. I mm-hmm. spent hours on like the Cloverfield website trying to figure out like what oh. Cloverfield was. The marketing yeah. for that was genius. And they had like websites dedicated to puzzles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Spent hours just like kind of looking through it, trying to figure out what is this monster? What is it? And I, I missed that. I mean, it, it's not... I think it, I think that time is mostly gone now. I think you'll get some some websites here and there that still try to do some fun little promotions via mm-hmm. websites and using social media, but most of the time uh, they're not doing that anymore because we live in such like a heavy social media age now. Yeah, it makes it tougher for them to exist properly. I think because I feel like when like Cloverfield was doing it and stuff, it's like. Obviously, there was some social media, but I feel like the biggest form of, like, talking about stuff like that was, like, message boards. Exactly. And it was a little more, like, 
community oriented, but now it's like if you posted a website like that, someone's gonna figure it out fairly quickly and they're gonna put it on Posting social media. Answers, and yeah. The, yeah, and then it's ruined for everybody. And that's exactly. such a shame because it's like, dude, let people like play with the website. Like Good point. And, Good point. Oh yeah. It I miss that era though. It was so cool. So f- I'm glad I like lived it. Like I'm same, really thankful. <laughs> I mean the perfect example of what you just said is is the Batman. I feel like the Batman yeah. had a website where it's like do these puzzles and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I went on the website and I was like looking through it. And then I would like take a break, go to social media. And it's like, oh, here's all the answers on TikTok. Someone did it already. Yeah. Here here you go. You can see the scene now. It's like, oh, come on. I wanted to like play with it and like, go through I it. I know. Yeah, it's such a shame. Speaking of which, uh, I really want to watch The Batman again. Th- that made me really want to like, revisit that movie. I so love badly. The Batman. I watched it again earlier this year and it was so fun. Like it's <sighs> such a good movie. I know. I kind of just miss uh, Robert Pattinson, I'm not going to lie. Before this recording, I walked into the kitchen to get some coffee and some water to prepare mm. for this recording. And mm-hmm. uh, what was on TV? Twilight, Twilight? 1. Yes. Yeah, it was on. It was on. I uh, I watched New Moon twice in one day a couple days ago. I know. Do you want to tell people why? No, no. I don't want to say it yet. I'm okay. scared. Okay. I'm still really paranoid that like it won't happen. Like something's going to go wrong and it won't happen. So I don't okay. want to say anything yet. But Once we know we'll it's say, available, next time. We'll, we'll say it. Sounds yeah. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Well, for the future. All right. Le- uh, leave this in so everyone knows I have a secret like Amy Dunn. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. Next one. Uh, alternate universe. <laughs> What a transition. Um, who almost played certain characters? The biggest okay. one I found was that Reese Witherspoon, her production company was uh, the first to buy the rights to Gone Girl, mm-hmm. and she was slated to play Amy Dunn. Uh, what do you until... think about that? I think that would have worked. I think I think Reese mm. Witherspoon is a talented actress. So strangely so enough, to kind of add to my support to that argument is that this year, twenty four not that not this year, that year, twenty fourteen, mm. Rosamund Pike was nominated for this movie. So right. was Reese Witherspoon. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so was Reese Witherspoon, but for the movie Wild. So oh. clearly a talented actress. She's uh I mean, I think she's been in things that I think are awards worthy. I think it would have been a very different performance, but I don't mm. know if it would have been a bad one. Um, it's hard to say because Rosamund Pike is so perfect as Amy Dunn, it mm-hmm. sounds blasphemous for me to say someone else could do it, but I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility to think that sh- she could do it. So yeah. it's interesting. And I, I do think it's interesting that Reese Witherspoon got the rights to it and then looked at it. It was like, oh, I think Fincher would be better at this. <laughs> and it's like, I know. And Fincher take, took, take it. Honestly, mad respect for that because it's like, same, wow. Same, I know. Um, Imagine like, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know much about like how the script buying process goes and like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure once you get a script that you're super interested in and kind of making a movie about, it must be tough to let go. But yeah, mad respect to look at it and say, yeah, maybe this person would be better at doing it and letting the rights go. Yeah. Hmm. And I mean, she kind of almost got like a second chance with uh big little lies true and big little lies is great i love Big. it little is lies. great she's very good in that and obviously it's it's not like she's playing like amy dunn in that by any means but like i think there's a 
there's a fair amount of similarities going on where like she kind of gets a similar role but i feel like that fits her a little better like that makes more sense to me than gone girl honestly i completely agree with that but do you think she could have done amy dunn i don't know i think i'll say yes because i just believe in women okay Um, there we go (laughs) i'm in agreement there we go i I think that's i think there's a world where it does work but you know yeah, yeah. Rosamund Pike is just so good as Amy Dunn. It's hard to yeah. like imagine anybody else playing the character. We kind of got the best of the best. <laughs> we really did. That's what I wrote down for people who oh. almost started this movie. Did you find anybody else? I have a way more. Whoa, you have way more. Let's hear it. Okay, these are other people that were considered for Amy Dunn, and I'm going to read them, and I'm going to do my best, and we'll laugh if I, we need to. Okay. Okay. Uh Oh, oh, I'm man. already we're, scared. We're, we're already struggling. <laughs> we're already reading. We're already struggling. All right. <laughs> uh, I've absolutely said this woman's name out loud before, but now I'm looking at it. I'm like, I'm going to say it wrong. Is it? Can you give me a movie and I'll read? I'll say her name. She's the bad guy in Thor Ragnarok. Kate Blanchett? Wait, nope. Now I've mixed her up with someone else. Now we've really, we've Charlize really Theron. messed this up. Yes. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is how well I know you is that I knew exactly who to go to after Kate Blanchett. <laughs> we should play that game. I feel like we'd be really good at the game where you like have to pick a word and then you count like three, two, one, and then you both say the word. Oh, and that's a good idea. I feel like we would actually end up being really good at that. Okay, let's try it. You ready? Oh, right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right now. <laughs> so wait, who who picks the word? So basically the way it works is we both pick a word. We say the words out loud. They'll obviously be different the first time. And then we're supposed to find like a bridge between the two. Okay. And oh, then... yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So who picks the word though, me or you? What do you mean? Well, because like if I pick the word, clearly whatever I say is going to be closer to the word than what you say. No, no, no. We don't like we but like I like let's just play an example. Okay. I would pick. Let's say I pick the word dog. Okay. And then you would pick the word soccer. And we'd okay. say those at the exact same time. And then in a perfect world, because we're besties, we would hear dog and soccer, and then we would go air bud at the same time the next oh, round. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yes, yes, yes. I see. Okay. Yes. So there's a lot of counting involved. <laughs> oh. Yes. So it's not just like one, three, two, one. It'd be like three, two, one, dog, soccer. And then we go, okay. Three, two, one, Airbud. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's just try real quick. You ready? Okay, I'm nervous. I'm so nervous too. I don't know what word to say. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Cake. Ants. What did you say? I said cake. Cake. You said ants. I said ants. Oh no! Um, what? This, there's, there's so many things in between. <laughs> this is hard. Okay, ready? I, I'm I'm ready for the next one. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Birthday. Yeah, man. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is. This is <laughs> I don't know if I could do this. Okay, okay, we said birthday and Ant Man. We have to find a bridge. Okay. Okay. Three. I'm ready. Three, two, one. Camels. Cassie. 
No, oh. we're going we're going opposite direction. We are because you said uh, you said Ant Man. I said birthday, and so I'm thinking the birthday scene from Ant Man. I know, she... I know. I was thinking, I was, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Candles okay. and Cassie. Candles and Cassie. Um. Okay, you ready? I guess. Okay, three, two, one, go. Fire trophy. <laughs> oh, what? Fire! Oh, candles. Candles. I went trophy because doesn't Cassie get him a trophy at some point? Oh, she does. Okay. We keep switching. We keep switching. Okay, trophy and fire. Um. Okay, you ready? I guess. Three, (laughs) two, one, go. Explosion. Melting. We got a little closer there. Okay. Um. You said explosion. Yeah. One more time. You ready? Ready. Three, two, one, go. Bomb. Star. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Joe, Joe, Joe. What? Think, think. Okay, think. Bomb said, and yeah. stars. I'm thinking. Hold I'm, on. This is a lot of pressure. Hold on. Hold on. Hold I'm. On. I'm. Oh, I don't know if we're gonna get it because I. I had an immediate connection, and I want you to have it too. But I feel like. No, you, it's not. Nothing. No, nothing is hitting me right now. Oh, Joe. Star and bomb. It's relevant. To which one? Both. <laughs> did you? Did you not know what I want? What I'm thinking right now? I don't think I do either, and I'm devastated because I felt like this was a perfect response to that. Bomb and star? And bomb. That sounds like Barb and star. Are you going that way? No. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you going there? Come back. Okay, hold on. Bomb. Bomb. Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Okay, okay. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, you ready? Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, I don't know what you're going to say. I, I'm nervous. Okay, okay, you ready? I'm nervous. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yes! There we go. There, there we, we go. go. <laughs> there we go. What an ego check. We said we would be really good at that, and we were not good at that at uh, all. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I was going to say the Hurt Locker at first. I'm not going to lie. The Hurt Locker? <laughs> Why? Because he diffuses bombs in that movie. But there's no stars. I mean, Jeremy Renner's in it. I was like, oh, maybe Jeremy Renner. Oh. He's in MCU. We were talking about that. Oh, I okay. see. Okay. I see the thought. I see the vision. We did it. We got there. All right. Wow. Okay. What a what a, what a tangent. Uh, Charlize what Theron was going to play Amy Dunn. She was considered. Natalie Portman was considered. Emily Ooh. Blunt. Ooh. Uh, Rooney Mara. Ooh. Um, Olivia Wilde. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Abby Cornish. Don't know who that is. And I, I know I can't place her. And then here we go. This will be another one I probably say wrong. Julianne Hugh. Hyo? Oh, Huff. Huff? Yeah. There's no way. I'm almost positive it's Huff. H-O-U-G-H? I'm almost positive it is. I'm devastated. I studied English <laughs> in college. I am then, an then English you know major. that English makes no sense sometimes. It's true. Language is always evolving, and it's really beautiful and fascinating. Um, yeah. Okay. Wow. 
Yeah, wow. so they were all considered for the role of Amy Dunn. And then I also saw that maybe Brad Pitt was considered for Nick. Interesting. But Interesting. I don't feel as confident about that statement. All those women you pointed out are terrific actresses and I think would yeah. have made great Amy Dunn's in some in like a different way, but would have worked yeah. really well. Natalie Portman is the one that sticks out the most as somebody who could have taken it in a different direction, but done really, really well with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But everybody there, I think, is talented enough uh, to do something cool with it. So I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anybody else for Alternate Universe? That was it. That's all I got. All right, here we go. Favorite scenes and moments. I wrote okay. down so many things. Great. Here we go. Do you want to go first? Sure. Here we go. Okay. Every flashback scene I love. Yep. I don't know. I just yep. love watching them grow as a couple and then kind of then spiral into two people who don't love each other. It's just such an interesting way to tell their story. And I love mm-hmm. that they tell it through diary entries. Uh, just some really good storytelling. Big fan of that. Mm-hmm. The cool girl scene obviously of course is one of my favorite monologues in a movie maybe ever uh just yeah. really fun way to tell amy's side of the story to tell how she kind of did everything just some fucking good stuff love that love that a lot i'm not really a big yeah. fan of monologuing or like uh narration type of uh, flashback monologuing i think that sometimes can be oh. a little corny but uh-huh. this i think worked so 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 well so well yeah so, big fan of that um i love the entire kind of media interpretation of the kind of investigation and the power of the media has mm. on the public so every time they have the media interviewing nick or nick goes on stage to talk about amy or nick goes on tv to talk about amy love all those scenes love them dearly i think they're a really mm-hmm. fun interesting way kind of reminds us like how powerful the media is, how they can twist things around and really change the public's perception on certain people, on certain events. I think that's really important and yeah. really interesting way that this movie kind of dives into that. Um, I like when Amy kills Neil Patrick Harris. I think that's a very yes. interesting scene, very fun scene. Uh, it's crazy. so yummy when it she's is- covered in blood. It's delicious. Wild scene. When I was watching that last night, I was like, holy shit. I forgot it goes down like this. It is yeah. a crazy, crazy scene. Yeah. Uh, Amy's return when she just shows up the next day, car and the, the lawn and blood yes. drenched. And she just goes and hugs The Nick. theatrical collapse. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. All the reporters are like, is that Amy? Is that Amy? It's like, it's Amy. Oh, just love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um. Mm-hmm. Then the ending itself where we get Nick basically trying to leave Amy and then he realizes he can't because she's pregnant because she stole his uh, his semen from the I don't know how didn't really say how but like he was supposed to get it destroyed and then it wasn't destroyed so I think she got it from the sperm bank sperm bank right yeah yes Uh, that's what happened. Yeah, wild stuff, and then like kind of yeah. that in, that last moment we get with her, um, yeah. like both of them on TV, good stuff, mm-hmm. good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think I talked about all the amazing scenes, so that's what I wrote down. So, okay. what do you want to add? You want to add anything? Anything specifically you liked? There you go. You got a lot of those. I also really like um, like the woodshed reveal, just like him finally getting that clue figured out and like the raising of the garage door and just like seeing all that shit and just being like, oh my God. 
Yeah, like, realizing it's such what's a, going like, on. Yeah, it's so like disarming. You're just like, what the fuck is going on here now? Like, yeah. I just, I really like the placement of it and how it's executed. Um, I, I really, really like the way this film is edited in terms of where they place those flashback scenes with what they cut to at the end of a flashback scene. Like, there's the first one where they, they're first meeting and it basically ends with them, like, fucking and Amy's like, I really like you. And then it hard cuts to Nick in the bar talking to Go about how much of a bitch his wife is. And it's just like, whoa, I love that one. I love... Let's see, what other ones do I really, really like? I love, okay, the next one is so good too. It's when he proposes to her and the the shot ends with them kissing and then Amy's like narration says, and then the night wasn't so bad anymore. And then it hard cuts to Nick's mouth getting swabbed for DNA. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yummy as fuck. I think also like, then you get the one where Amy and Nick get each other the same pair of sheets for their second anniversary and it's, like, so cute and, like, wow, look how in sync we are. And then it cuts to Nick putting, like, you know, old sheets on Go's couch so he can sleep on the couch. Like, there's just so many cool little moments like that where they're really kind of drawing these two scenes together and really making you aware of the the stark difference of, like, Amy's diary entries and what is happening now in real life. Like, I just think that's so dope and so beautiful to see on screen like i'm always gonna shout out good editing like i had admi- like editors are geniuses like i love editors um <laughs> what else the only other thing i really like is just that moment before like their tv interview at the end where it's kind of like you have that moment where like nick and go and the detective and nick's lawyer they all like everyone's like very aware of like what amy actually did not the story she's telling and just they're you know like and they're just completely trapped and powerless by it and i think that's so fascinating to see just like i just think it's a cool illustration of how in a lot of ways like a crying white woman has power over like a lot of people in that moment regardless of like the law or like the people like on the sidelines and i just think that's really cool to see kind of explored especially when it's like a crying privileged white woman yeah um i just i love that moment i think it's so like chilling you're just like fuck like okay yeah i mean even the scene before that where she's in the hospital being interviewed by the police yes she's sitting there in the wheelchair telling her story and the detective is pointing out all these like big inconsistencies inconsistencies saying yeah what about this what about that how did this get there how did you get the how Mm -hmm. did you get the the club from the puppet always in your hand like clearly pointing Mm -hmm. out some very glaring flaws in the story but she's able to just cry her way through it you know say i need to i need to take some time i'm 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 exhausted i'm on painkillers i'm 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 traumatized from what happened and she gets away with it because she's able to just kind of cry her way through it which is i think a really interesting uh commentary on Mm -hmm. I don't know what maybe just real life and like terms of what the white woman tears is a thing. I mean that's a thing people yeah. say online for a reason because they do accomplish a lot in the media's yeah. eye. Like you see it and people automatically assume what did someone do to her. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a cool pe- like thing to compare to earlier in the film too, where like it's very clear that Amy has a great like contempt for the people around her, like in Missouri, who like she sees beneath her. Like she's very much like. I'm smarter than you, I'm richer than you, and, like, you're, like, some 
poor scum. Like, that's kind of, like, the, the, the vibe she gives off a lot of the time. And so I love the moment where, like, she basically gets robbed. You know, like, she, she kind of almost is, like, letting her guard down in the Ozarks because she's, like, I'm around a bunch of idiots. Like, I'm fine. And because she's letting her guard down and getting cocky, that's, like, her own undoing. And I think yep, that's really yep. satisfying to see, too, that it's people who, like, she views as, like, beneath her. Because I just think it's satisfying to see, like, the tables get turned on her in that regard. Um, so I love all of that. I love that element of things. I think sometimes that's the one thing that doesn't get talked about quite as much is, like, that side of her. Because you're just so focused on, like, the vi- like the villain little act she's doing. You're just like, whoa, like, she's going crazy. But, like... There is a lot to be said about, like, the role her race plays in the story and the narrative that's being pushed. And it's just, like, I love I love watching that play out. Um, yeah. I think th- the only other scene I would also definitely shout out is that first walk through through their house that Nick does with the cops. Oh, I like, love that scene, too. I love that scene. And I love the subtle, like, not so subtle. It's pretty obvious, actually, from the get-go that, like, they're they're really treating this like a crime scene. Yeah. Um, but I just love those little moments, like the, the tiniest little blood splatter on the like the overhang above the oven and like she puts a sticky note next to it and like the the iron being on and her shutting it off. Like there's so many little details there that I really like seeing her kind of like the the cop kind of like start putting together and being like, hmm, like there's a lot going on here. I I like that as like our introduction to that like this is not going to be some straightforward movie. Like this yeah. is gonna be a ride um so i think those are the scenes i would shout out on top of like everything you said too because you pulled very good scenes yeah no i mean we kind of talked about the entire movie in full yeah i'm trying to think there's anything else we missed oh okay so my favorite line is obviously like the cool girl monologue that's life-changing iconic amazing i love it but i also think my other favorite line is when nick's at the like um, the hotel lobby where everyone's kind of reconvening to start like looking for Amy there's that whole exchange he has with that like random housewife who's shown up and is like take a picture with me like that oh yeah lady. yeah yeah I love when she's about to take the picture she goes say chicken Frito pie and it's <laughs> so funny what does I... he call her like a trauma groupie or something like that yeah I think that is what he ends up saying and like I mean it's kind of true it's oh, it feels very, very reflective yeah. of like the way not to not to say it too much but predominantly white women really gravitate towards like true crime and like the popularization of it in like just talking about it so candidly and in almost like a an excited way it's really interesting so i love that they're included in this and that like they kind of play a role in like nick's undoing because like that is i mean that is accurate to an extent like i do think people who consume like an insane amount of true crime like do in a way kind of embody that whether they want to or not unfortunately like i just think and i i'm saying this as someone who used to be like really into true crime like i was like this is so fun like it's so interesting learning about all this shit but it's also like okay but it's also like kind of scummy like, it is scummy. Now it's someone's I'm... life that you're talking yeah. about, and you're not. In it, it gets to a point, and this is the problem with true crime, is mm-hmm. that it gets to a point where it's almost glamorizing or romanticizing yes. a certain event or person. And we're mm-hmm. getting people who's getting Jeffrey Dahmer tattoos or dressing up as Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween, dressing their yeah. children up as Jeffrey Dahmer, and it's like this person murdered people. 
you know, tortured yeah. people. We shouldn't be – I think it's fine to learn about these people, study them, learn from uh, why they did these things. But to mm-hmm. treat them as a celebrity is what the issue is. And that's what kind of true crime has evolved into is that mm-hmm. it's turned – people's tragedies into celebrity events to you know hollywood events and yeah. that's the problem because you do get a certain section of people and it that the, that for this particular true crime world that type of people is usually white women who mm-hmm. become obsessed with true crime and start treating it as uh, like, a, like a celebrity thing, going to trials or meeting the people involved, taking photos, dressing up, yeah. getting tattoos. And so or I do. I am like, glad they brought this up in the movie. I know, right? Me too. And it it also reminds me of like I saw like for a while there were there's this like I don't know if it was a trend or what, but it was super. There'd be like people who were really into true crime who would like post on TikTok and be like, "This is my." just in case binder where just just in case i get murdered or kidnapped the the cops can have my hair follicles and all like and it's just like it's such a weird it's super weird it was really weird it was like you've taken true crime and turned it almost into like a fantasy for yourself of like it's so strange it's not it's so strange it's like obviously they don't like you don't no one wants to get murdered or like kidnapped but it's like they're like prepping for it yeah which is just like it it feels very odd and also, I will also say, like, nine out of ten times, if you talk to a family of victims whose story has been shared on, a, like, some kind of true crime platform, they are not asked or they're vehemently against the way it's portrayed. And so it's, like, that's also such a big ethical concern for me is, like, what like what the fuck? Like, people are still being affected by this today and yeah. we're, like, turning into, a, like, a money machine. It's all weird. Yeah. It's so weird. True crime. But true yeah, crime I just, is weird. It is weird. <sighs> Uh, you so know what weird. show about true crime was really good though? What? Mindhunter. Uh, yeah. Also yeah. made by David Fincher. They was by canceled Fincher. after two seasons. You assholes. Yeah. That was Fuck. a good show. I mean, that was yeah. a good show because I it gave us perspective of the people trying to solve the the you know not only solve the mystery, mm-hmm. but kind of the evolution of criminal psychology and learning mm-hmm. about serial killers. And it was never about the serial killers themselves. It was about learning about what makes them tick literally what makes them tick uh to prevent further crime which is why i always liked it a lot it was yeah less about let's follow this murderer as he murders people but let's follow the people mm-hmm. trying to understand these 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 monsters essentially yeah um, and i feel like it also like it it also illustrates the the frequency of like closeness to those stories and those like terrible people has like a deep and very negative psychological effect on the people involved. Like if you're around that stuff for a long time, it's going to affect you badly. And I like that it really kind of leans into that notion as well and like really like absolutely lays it on thick. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mind Hunter. What a show. I love it what so a much. Show. Uh, let's go. No. Let's go to uh, another segment because if we keep talking about scenes, we'll be talking about the entire I know. movie. Yeah, we'll be here forever. <laughs> the secret MVP. Ooh. Who in this movie do you think is great but doesn't get the attention they deserve? Mm. I will say this, kind of related but unrelated. I think Fincher is not only a talented director, but I think he's so talented at cast uh, uh, casting people at getting Ooh. certain people in his movies. I feel like in every single one of his movies, there's always one person that you see in the cast and you're like, whoa, this person's in this movie and they're always so good. Mm-hmm. And for this movie, it's Tyler Perry for me. 
who nice. you like Good watch pick. this movie and you like you look through the cast like oh Tyler Perry's in Gone Girl and then you, she mm-hmm. shows up in the movie eats up every scene he's in. I think he's so good in this as like this charismatic, arrogant criminal defense lawyer who's known for defending uh murdering husbands, gladly takes Nick's case and is like immediately telling him you need to do this, you need to do this. I just every scene he's in, I am I mean I'm already so zoned in in the movie anyways, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when he's on that scene, I'm just like I love I love him in this movie. I think that yeah. Fincher just does such a good job with someone random that were not random, but you just someone you never expect. And uh, yeah, they unexpected turn out to be casting. Mm-hmm. Really, really amazing. So that's who I think. I think there's a lot of people who are great in this movie, but I'm curious, you know, if there's yeah. a secret MVP for you. Tyler Perry's a really good pick for that, actually. Um, I'm leaning towards that, but I think I'll also, I think I'll ultimately I'm going to say Carrie Coon, who plays Go. Oh, I love her too. I love her. And this is like, I think this is her debut, maybe. Oh, wow. I think maybe let me fact check that really quick, actually, because I'm going to feel like a fool if IMDb lied to me. That's OK. Because um, <laughs> who knows? With I mean, we've talked about that before. Who knows how true IMDb is? Exactly. Okay, exactly. Carrie Coon. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Hello. Sort by earliest first. Oh, yeah. This is her feature debut. Wow. She's very impressive in this. I think she's so good. And I think it's really neat seeing her because, like, she's obviously Nick's twin. So, like, there's so much intimacy in their relationship that, like, you almost don't... We don't obviously don't get the time to really, really lean into it because the focus is not their dynamic. But I feel like in her performance, she's giving us so much insight into like their dynamic and the way they interact with each other and the way that like go views nick and like how that perspective is kind of always evolving and like also kind of almost like holding score against nick like the the frequency of which where she kind of alludes to like you're just like our dad like is so interesting and adds such a like complicated layer to like how the audience is going to perceive nick because you hear that and you're just like ooh, like you're just like you're the father uh-oh and like i don't know i just i think carrie coon is so good in this like and for it being her first like feature film like she's up against she's with like big names on screen yeah and heavy hitters like, heavy hitters and she holds her own so so well like it's so impressive to me i agree i agree all nice. right so those are our mvps right. our secret mvps yeah tier list if we were to rank this movie on a tier list clara okay of let's say of of in the vacuum of psychological thrillers ooh very 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 a lot of movies oh, clearly it's a very big list of movies to to consider but yeah in that vacuum where does gone girl sit for me it's s tier <laughs> i i well that's the thing uh, so i was going to ask you if if we do this in the vacuum of fincher or the vacuum yeah. of psychological thrillers, but I don't think it matters. I think in both the vacuum of Fincher movies and psychological thrillers, is I think it's yeah. both S tier. Yeah, I think so too. I think if you bring up Fincher and people go who, you're gonna say, oh, he did Gone Girl, and you're, everyone's gonna know exactly what you're talking about. And I okay. think also like here's my here's my rebuttal of Ooh. that. I oh. wrote down or er, my my intrusive thoughts. That's something I was thinking about. Okay, do you think people automatically correlate or connect? Fincher to Gone Girl as the first movie? I 
feel like kind of or social network interesting i think what do you think if someone says if i say to someone what's your favorite david fincher movie not even favorite if i say david fincher what movie are you thinking about i think people would say fight club first i think it's the first movie people will say that's so now i feel i'm literally staring at my fight club (laughs) dvd as we talk about this and i'm just like fight club like (laughs) i think people would think fight club immediately i think that social network might be the next one but i would you could even make the argument seven would be the next movie they connect the dot to oh my god see you're actually i think you i mean he's such a definer of the genres exactly exactly ah! And uh, then you could make the argument maybe Zodiac or Social Network. True. And then maybe Gone Girl. So I think you, he's maybe Gone Girl is maybe like four movies down before somebody says, oh, yeah, Gone Girl as well. I think people immediately say Ooh. Fight Club and then Seven, then Social Network, then maybe Gone Girl. But it could be Zodiac, too. I don't know. It's hard to say. Wow. Yeah, you might be right there. So that was my one thing is that I, I love Gone Girl, but I think you could yeah. even argue it's his not most underrated, but most mm-hmm. just the one that always people kind of forget about a little bit only because he's such a, huh. like you said, such a a figure in this genre, such like a titan in this genre. He's yeah. made such, you know, such incredible movies that have changed the genre that has really defined the genre. People tend to forget. Oh, yeah. Gone Girl is one of those as well. Um, wow. So, anyways, that's that's my Good thought. Point. But uh, to go back to tears, yes, I think S tier is is the correct S-tier. place for it. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that that's where we're going. Like it's gotta. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, well, I guess this kind of bleeds into the next question on iconic writing. We're kind of talking about Fincher and all these movies he's done. If mm. we give this movie an iconic rating, one through ten, one being it's not iconic at all, ten being it is a. Uh, staple in the genre staple in cinema where do you think gone girl sits i think a 10 wow you think so i don't yeah because like now remember it's not the quality of the movie just like in terms of its legacy i know but i think i don't think we even fully comprehend the life-changing effects of the cool girl monologue on (laughs) the world like that like that monologue is like I still see people like post that out of the blue, just like, this is a good monologue. And it gets like millions of views because yeah. everyone's just like, fuck yeah, it's the cool girl monologue. It's the like, cool girl monologue. It's the, I feel like that alone, it's like, it gave us cool girl. Like, it's, it's so significant. Let me ask you this though Is yeah. the cool girl monologue more iconic than the final kind of confrontation between Eduardo Saverin? And Zuckerberg in Social Network. The very infamous, Hmm. what was Mr. Zuckerberg's ownership share diluted down to? It wasn't. What was Mr. Mosovitz's ownership diluted down to? It wasn't. What was Sean Parker's ownership share diluted down to? It wasn't. uh, Just like such an incredible, incredible moment of you sign the papers, you set me up. Like you're gonna blame me because you made a bad business decision. Like, do you think that is a more memorable moment than Cool Girl? No, wait, I don't. Wait, wait. You said no, as in the Social Network is more memorable. No, sorry, I'm saying I don't think that scene is more memorable than Cool Girl. You think Cool Girl is more memorable than that moment? Yeah. 
Listen. Wow. Especially amidst the girlies. <laughs> the and I'm a stark, stark believer that the people who who run this shit the most influentially are the girlies. Wow. Cool girl is infinitely more iconic. Over sorry my Prada's at the cleaners along with my hoodies and my fuck you flip-flops? That's very close. But I still I I starkly firmly vehemently think Cool Girl Monologue tops like as a like a confined little scene. That's like that's the most iconic. I guess this is a little bit cheating cuz it is like a more elaborate scene with multiple characters. Okay, yeah. interesting. I'm curious to see what people think. I mean, I don't, I mean Cool Girl I monologue is, is iconic. I'm not saying it's not iconic. Yeah. No, 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 of course not. Um, what would you give it on like a one to 10 then if if you're leaning maybe not a 10? I was thinking eight and a half. Oh, okay. That's. I mean, that's still great. I mean, just that's just to go back to our conversation about Fincher is just such a titan in this genre. And not only in that genre, but just as a filmmaker himself, he's really made a name for himself as, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a few filmmakers in the current state of cinema that if you say they're making a movie, people's ears perk up. And I think he's one of yeah. them. Oh, you totally. Know, oh, Fincher movies coming out. Like people are like eagerly waiting for it. I think there's only yeah. a few filmmakers like that right now. Um, That's very true. And so I think that because he's so him, he himself is so iconic and his filmography is so iconic. And as we just said, I think Gone Girl tends to be the one that people don't immediately think of. That's why I have it ranked a little bit lower in terms mm. of its score but you know that's again this is not a testament to its quality it's just it's more of a no, testament no. to how how good the rest of his movies are yes totally um, you know if gone girl would have came out in 99 instead of fight club maybe we're t- it's different you know if i think fight club is iconic mm. simply because it came out before the other ones i mean i don't know if fight club came out in 2014 i think people would still like it still be very good but i don't know if it'd have that same uh iconic factor because it just came out first yeah, I think that's very true. I do think that's true. I think Fight Club has a, like a a certain type of grit to it that like comes from being like a '90s movie. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it was there first. People fell in love with it. It's a cult classic. It didn't do well, but has done well now. That type mm-hmm. of movie. You know, one of those movies that like it came out at the right time in history to become a cult classic. Right before like the DVD explosion, and uh, before streaming was even remotely a thing. Before the internet became a household name uh mm-hmm. it was able to blow up via word of mouth and that's i think a lot more powerful than people realized back in the you know, late 90s mm. so anyways we'll we'll talk about fight club in another time for sure and okay. all these movies i want to talk about all these movies eventually yeah me too um all right tier list iconic rating let's go to our last section or second to last section any thoughts you had while watching this movie any intrusive thoughts i wrote down a few different things I'm going to speed ask you these questions. Are you ready? Okay. Do you know your blood type? No. Neither do I. I, And I just, I had blood testing done a few months ago. And I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) You know what? My favorite part about that scene when she goes, "Uh, what's your wife's blood type? And he's like, I have no idea. I love that she goes, you don't know your wife's blood type, like making him and then, feel bad about it. <laughs> yes, I think I know what you're going to say. And then she goes, and he leaves the room, and she she goes, or the, the other cop The partner goes, goes yeah. He's like, oh, am I supposed to know my wife's blood type? And she's like, no, don't worry. No, you don't need to know it. Yeah, I, I love that because it. it does, I think intentionally, a lot of people watching this like, are getting frustrated themselves as an audience. 
which is, I think is yeah. super intentional. Like, obviously, she's oh, trying yeah. to frustrate Nick on purpose. And in a weird way, she's also frustrating the audience. I remember watching it last night thinking, I don't know my blood type. I don't know it. Why are you asking that kind of question? That's not fair. And then uh, a second later, she goes, you don't even know it. It's not a big deal. See, that's so funny, though, because in that scene, the thing I think I feel more frustrated by is the fact that Nick doesn't know a fucking thing about his wife. That's True. what annoys me. I get annoyed by that more than the the, the detective and, like, her kind of, like, sneaky questioning almost. I'm, I'm like, well, yeah, he obviously doesn't need to know all this, but, like, why the fuck doesn't he even know, like... Like if she, he's saying she doesn't have any friends, like there's so well, many she didn't things though, where I'm right? just like, I mean, like I know, yeah, that's right. very true. He was right, but in the moment, if we don't have the context of the full movie yet, <laughs> true, it does make him look like a shitty be... husband who doesn't know anything about yeah. his wife. Uh, yeah. And he is. I'm not to say like, he's not ugh. like a good husband, but like it's it is funny no, how no. like you watch that thinking you don't know anything, and it turns out she didn't have any friends. Yeah, I um, know. I'm like, dang. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's a very like we said, it's intentionally supposed to be a little messy, a little confusing, and you're supposed to be yeah. constantly switching sides and like just realizing that it's supposed to be like that. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Terrible hiding spot for her money when she gets robbed by the people in the Ozarks. I, I'm just yeah. gonna say, put your money somewhere else. Don't keep it on your person. Yeah. Put it, put it somewhere good. Well, again, I think it really speaks to her like disdain for other people and the assumption that they like she can be like loose. Like she doesn't even have to think about it complexly because she's just like. I'm fine. You know what I mean? Like, there's such an arrogance to it. That's really yeah. interesting. It's a good point. It's a really good point. There is that mm-hmm. uh, her lack of, I guess, better word. I mean, her lack She's of not street smart. smart. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. look at us. Oh, look at that. We made up for our <laughs> poor <did>. outing earlier. <laughs> We got it. We're fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, she doesn't. I mean, she's very privileged. She has never probably had a struggle in her life, so she probably has yeah. no idea that she needs to hide her money uh, carefully in a place that um, she's never been. And she's she's literally on the run, but she's being so loose cannon because she feels like she can get away with it, and then she gets caught. You know, she gets robbed. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, mm-hmm. um, Missouri seems like an awful place. Sorry, Missouri. Uh, don't think I, I will ever go to Missouri. Not gonna lie. You don't want to go to the navel of our great country. I do not want to go to that place at all. I, I I'm so sure funny. some people from Missouri are great. If you're listening mm-hmm. to you from Missouri, I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> but my you god! Have to know, I live in California. I have zero reason to ever go to Missouri, ever. <laughs> I am I am Amy Dunn <gasps> in this situation. I am okay. I am looking down at Missourians a little bit. Wow. I'm not looking down. I'm being dramatic. I'm just saying. I, I know. I, I know. won't go to Don't Missouri. Worry. I just. I won't. Okay. Just, I feel bad now to Missourians who are like, I love Missouri, <laughs> and I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm sure you. I'm sure it has some cool parts to it. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm not going there. I'm good. I'll pass. I'll go. I'll go for us both. Okay, you can go. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I don't think you should go, to be honest. But okay. I actually, yeah, I actually probably should not be going anywhere around there anytime soon. No, at the no, very no. least. Um, so let's let's say that. Let's get that out of the way. I'm not going down south willingly anytime oh, soon. Oh, is it south? Um, huh. Isn't it? I, I don't, actually I don't know. now I'm now I actually am proving to us all once again that Americans sometimes do not know geography oh i i openly admit this anything outside of california no idea where anything's at 
Someone told me they were from Vancouver the other day, and I was like, is that the east side of Canada or the west side of Canada? Because I do not know. Okay, it's definitely... Okay, actually, that was silly of me to say that because... It's literally described as the navel of our great country, so it's literally in the middle. Um, oh, no, no, I <laughs> yeah. see it. Oh, wait, Missouri is M-O-acronym. That's also the yeah. weird part about Missouri. Like, why? Did you why? think it was M-I? Well, I knew M-I was Michigan. I thought it was M-S, yeah. but that's Mississippi. Oh, yes. Too many M's. M-O? Our, our country's just too big. There's a lot of a lot of states. A lot of those A lot of guys. states. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's right above Arkansas, which I also shouldn't probably be going to Arkansas. No, no, you should not. Um, I couldn't even tell yeah. you a city in Arkansas. Oh, Little Rock, right? Uh, Little Rock yeah. is in Arkansas. Other than that, though, yeah. could not name a single city in Arkansas. That's funny. I actually, I'm thinking now. I might have already been to Missouri. I think I'm okay. Um, I. All right. Well, you oh, can I, go there. Uh, I will. Not. Oh. No, I'm a, I'm so silly. I've absolutely been to Missouri, and it was kind. Of, I saw the um the arch. What what is the arch? Are you, what you just saying words? What's the arch? You've never heard of the well, because you haven't read Percy Jackson, have you? I have not read Percy Jackson. Blasphemy. I know. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to think of the right word for it because it's definitely not called the arch. It it, it kind of the gateway I know, arch. <laughs> I know the golden arches, aka McDonald's. I'm not. Only, so this is okay. Only that so imagine, <laughs> imagine a massive McDonald's logo, but like cut in half, and that's the gateway arch. Oh, I googled it right now. Okay. It's beautiful. It's a really cool piece of architecture, and I saw it um, when I was a kid. Arch. My we used to do like road trips and one time we road tripped in a motorhome from washington all the way to michigan and we stopped in missouri on the way to check out the arch um, is st so louis the city where like no i'm thinking of kansas city where kansas city is not really in kansas it's like in a different state kansas city is in missouri i believe oh oh yeah because they all they like border yeah. each other that's right that's yeah right. kansas city is in missouri that's so strange it is a little misleading, and I would like a to say a little misleading. Defense. It's literally the name of a different state in a different <laughs> in a different state. In our defense, it's stuff like that that is why I think we get so confused by geography. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm looking at a U.S. map right now, yeah. and I could name a city for most of these states until you get halfway through. Like once you get past Wyoming, like in the middle. Like North Dakota, mm. don't know a city there. South Dakota, don't know a city there. Oh, N.E. Nebraska, yeah. Omaha. My grandpa's from Nebraska. Ka- uh, Kansas. Uh, well, see, I was gonna say Kansas City, but that's not a state. Nope, nope, can't do that. <laughs> what's this? I don't know a city in Kansas. What's this? What's this? Topeka? No, that's not Kansas, is it? Topeka might be Kansas. What's the capital of Kansas? Oh, it is. Top- City in Kansas. Is Topeka. Topeka is in Kansas. There you go. So I don't, is the I cap- it's the capital. Oh, there you go. You uh, got it. Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Do- Oklahoma City? That's the only thing I know. Well, that that's counts because it's the capital, so we're doing great. Yeah, all the, middle, all the middle states. M- Missouri's MO, Arkansas, Louis- I know Louisiana doesn't count. Iowa? <laughs> yeah, right. I couldn't name you a single city in Iowa. Do people Des live Moines. in Iowa? Yeah. Des Moines is in Iowa? I thought it was in Idaho. No, Idaho is um Boise. 
Oh, Des Moines is in Iowa? Yeah. Mm. Do people live there? <laughs> yeah. There are more Some... people in the city of Los Angeles than there is probably in the whole state of Iowa. Honestly, I, I think that might be true. So, you know, I, I'm in a bubble here. I I, have to, I use maps to get everywhere I need to go in my own city because I still don't know it very well. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, my God. I mean, to be fair, I do that in, like, Seattle, but that's because uh, it's so hilly. It's kind of hard to get orientated in Seattle. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Uh, so, anyways. Geography. <laughs> my statement was I will not go to Missouri, but I hope okay. if you're listening, you're from Missouri, you're, you're safe and happy. Um, I've been there, guys. It's it's beautiful. All right. Uh, and that was basically it. I talked about the casting, how much I love that. And I talked about mm-hmm. I talked about Gone Girl in general. But those are all the things that popped in my brain as I was watching this. Uh, anything mm. that popped in your brain you want to talk about? The only other thing I could think of was, like, I mean, in the reveal, like, it's kind of revealed, like, Amy, like, draws her own blood and then puts it on the kitchen floor and then mops it all up. Like, you know, the whole, like, or oh, I'm going to, like, make it look like I got murdered right here. Yeah. I don't understand how she's able to do that because I think I would pass out on multiple occasions during that process. And it's just. That's not a fair comparison. Um, I love you. I love you dearly. Okay. Okay. Um, But you are very. uh, What's a good word? What's a nice way to put this? Not frail, but. Your 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 immune system. I'm a little isn't... Victorian child. You're a little little orphan Timmy. I'm um, sickly. <laughs> so like yeah, I would imagine taking like a pint of blood out of you might like knock would actually you, probably knock be you bad. out for like a week. Yeah, or that so. actually it actually probably would because I'm super anemic. Like I don't think I could donate blood. Like, I was going to ask, do you donate blood? No, but also it's definitely because like I I get. It's not that like my blood freaks me out. I when I get blood drawn, I vi- like I can't not like vividly imagine like the needle going deep into my skin. Like the idea of a needle in me, like scary. And, like sitting, it's scary. Sitting in me really freaks me out. I was so scared of, sh- of shots as a kid. Like I'd scream and like try and leave the room. Like it was really bad. Yeah, that, that makes um, sense. I'm not. I, yeah. I I used to give blood every year. When oh, I worked wow. a corporate job because they mm-hmm. would come to our, our business and I would just go to their little bus cool. and give blood. Yeah. Scary though. I'll be honest. I'll, I'd do it, yeah. but I never, I would look, never look at my arm. I would just like look the other way and like take a nap or do whatever I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do get... wish I could donate blood. I do feel yeah. bad sometimes that I can't, but no, I am no, no, don't. You shouldn't, you shouldn't. I'll um, donate my organs to whoever needs them. Let okay. me know. Well, that's, that's not good, right now. I need a, them right now. A lot now, differently. But... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a <little bit> different. <laughs> um, yeah. She does. I mean, she puts a lot of blood on the on the floor, a though. Lot so, like, even of, if you're I mean, she, you have to. You a like, normal person, she should have stored that and then done it like the next day when she's well rested. I know. I was really floored by that. Like, you'd think, but I mean, I, I don't know. It is really interesting. Obviously, it needs to be stored. I think the the concern though is is I I mean personally and maybe she didn't know either like how to store blood in a way where it won't congeal because yeah. it's like if you draw it the night before like it's not gonna do the same thing it needs to you know what true, I mean it needs true, to look true. like fresh it does need to look um, fresh and cleaned up that's what I'm imagining is probably her reasoning but yeah I just every time I watch that I'm just like god damn like that's cr- like 
it's so like you know it has to be so much blood but it's just so much blood and like yeah. she's just going i'm like it must be the adrenaline maybe like i don't know i'm like I mean, okay. one time i gave blood and i played tennis afterwards and i was very <gasps> tired um don't that recommend doing so that dangerous. it was very dangerous i should not have done that but oh my at God. any rate yeah that's it's a lot of blood and then to just continue on your day but yeah maybe it's the adrenaline maybe it's like the that that excitement of trying to get through the day that pushing you through i don't know yeah good point though good point okay thank you <laughs> last section three recommendations if you like gone girl cool i wrote down three movies one of them i don't like but i'm curious to know oh. i think i think it would make an interesting double feature okay First movie, Zodiac. I think if you're going to watch another uh, whodunit and you want to watch another Fincher movie, watch Zodiac. It mm. is uh, kind of perfect. I love Zodiac so much. That's a good one. I wrote down I Care A Lot, which is another movie with Rosamund Pike. Where I she like is, uh, I don't want, I don't, I, I've seen it once and I don't remember it very well, but I remember enjoying it at least. Yeah. It's fun. She's playing another like morally bankrupt woman. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, and she's good in it again. Another great mm-hmm. Rosamund Pike performance. In the mm-hmm. last movie we wrote down, a movie I didn't like, but I I think would make a very interesting double feature and a movie I want to revisit one day. It's the movie that came out maybe last year, maybe two years ago. I think it was last year. It's called Deep Water, which is a movie with Ben oh. Affleck and Ana de Armas. And oh, it, I haven't seen that. It's like an erotic thriller type of movie where they have a very contentious relationship. But uh, it is interesting when it's paired with Gone Girl to kind of see this, these two movies side by side. A movie oh. I, I didn't love. I know there's some truthers out there about it because it's directed by the same director who did like Fatal Attraction and things like that. Oh, um, cool. But I remember not liking it the first time, but I'm curious to know how people feel about it. So maybe check it out. Let me know. You may not like it, but I'm curious to know how it kind of plays out after watching a movie like Gone Girl. So those are the three I wrote down. What did you write down? Ooh, okay. I'm, I cheated and I have more, but I'm only going to do three. Okay. But then the problem is I'm like, oh, which three? Okay. I think the first one I'm going to bring up is All About Eve, which is a little bit of an older movie. It's from 1950. Um. And it's really, really good, but it's kind of, it kind of plays into the same effects that Gone Girl does in terms of, like, paranoia and just, like, feeling like a woman is out to get you kind of dynamic. But instead of it being, like, a husband and a wife, it's a, like, refined, well-respected, like, theater actress. And then her, like, underling is the one potentially, like, conniving against her. And it's kind of, like, a question of, like, who's doing what to who and like is it all in the older actress's head or not like it's a very good compelling movie like i think it's i love that movie i'm a big all about eve fan um then i think i would also recommend hard candy uh from 2005 directed by the director who directed twilight eclipse um (laughs) and it stars a young elliot page playing um this teenage girl who basically is lured to meet a man much older than her from the internet and he takes her back to his home and then it turns into like a very intense cathartic cat and mouse game and i'm keeping it at that because it's definitely one where you don't want to know what's going to happen beforehand but it's really good really gripping and then uh da 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 i think 
I would also say Bound from 1996. Ooh, uh, the Wachowskis the, movie. The Wachowski sister debut, um, where, first of all, it's lesbians, so it's very fun because I love a good gay movie, um, but it's basically about these two women who fall in love and decide to attempt to rob one of the women's uh, awful boyfriends. And I just think that's fun as fuck when women get to do crime and be gay. And it reminds me a little bit of Gone Girl and just like it's women kind of conspiring against the awful men in their lives and like what plays out as a result of that. Perfect. There wow. we go. All right. So you recommended All About Eve, Bound, yep. and Hard yep. Candy. Yep. And then I recommended Zodiac, I Care A Lot, and Deep Water. Yes. I know you're itching just to say your other ones, but say them very quickly so you don't have to oh. go into into detail very okay. quick. But you can, you can say okay, them. Okay. Just say them. Okay. Uh, Contempt from 1963, Miss 45 from 1981, Losing Ground 1982, and The Nightingale 2018. Oh, The Nightingale. I'm a huge Jennifer Kent fan, and I love The Nightingale. Movies. Rough watch, by the way. Major trigger warnings for The Nightingale. (laughs) Huge trigger warnings, (laughs) big time. Not an easy one to watch, but but yeah. Very good incredible movie very powerful jennifer kent just very very talented person um all right we've reached the end we talked about gone girl we've revisited it we are Mm -hmm. now at a point where the podcast is ending i don't know why i phrased it that way but that's the way it was phrased we're just Um, easing everyone into the end (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly so Thank you so much, for everybody, for listening. If you uh, yeah. want to check out the podcast even more, check out the Patreon. We have tons of content available. Now, yeah. I will say, pre-strike, we were doing House of MCU, where Claire and mm-hmm. I were going through every MCU movie in release order. We got to Ant-Man and the Wasp. We were so close mm-hmm. to Endgame, and then the strike happened. And we felt that the best way to show solidarity for the strike was to pause that series Mm-hmm. Mainly because the MCU is arguably the most profitable IP for Disney. And Disney is arguably yeah. one of the biggest players that were, the strikers are striking against. So mm-hmm. it felt right to pause that particular series since we don't want to continue to promote Disney specifically. Uh, yeah. Especially after Bob Iger's comments. It just feels... Oh my God. You know, yeah. not... It feels kind of gross, to be honest. Bob Iger's comments were incredibly insensitive is one way to put it cruel is another way to put it Um, i would say inherently cruel just like just awful awful things and so it felt like the right decision to pause that series for now we will go back to it post strike yes we will go back to it because we were so far you know we got so far yeah yeah to be continued we've replaced that series though with a really fun series called house Mm -hmm. of anime where claire and i are going through attack on titan which i'll say this to people who aren't anime fans kelsey my wife, not a big anime person. Yeah. I think she's getting addicted. I think she's, I think she's starting go. to get into Attack on Titan. We're like nine episodes in and she's like, are we not going to watch the next one? I'm like, no, we got to take a break, <laughs> dude. We gotta, <laughs> hold on. I, I have to take some notes, man. We have to take a break. So, Aww, I'm so happy um, for Kelsey. Don't underestimate the power of one anime just because it's a different medium. Don't mm. underestimate its power in storytelling, in animation, in character development. Mm. It's it's all there. It's all there. Yeah. 
yeah. And Attack on Titan, I think you and I both agreed, is a really great gateway anime, a way to totally. kind of get into the medium uh, because it's accessible, it's interesting, it's fun. It kind of encapsulates mm-hmm. a lot of the things that people like. So Yeah, I agree. It's a fun series. I'm excited to talk about it with Clara and kind of go into that uh, every week mm-hmm. because it's also going to end this year. So it's kind of perfect timing for us to kind of talk yeah. about it now. So. Good timing. And selfishly, I fucking love anime. So I'm excited to nerd out about anime for a little bit. <laughs> exactly. So that's going to be available to patrons only. House of Horrors will continue as well. Uh, mm-hmm. me and Sydney, we're going to be talking about found footage. Uh, Clara might have to jump in and tap Ooh, in fun. for Sydney, who's going to be in Italy, but those are available only to patrons. So check it out. Um, and like I said, because there are some movies that are going to be, we're going to be talking about that are from struck companies, portions of the patron earnings every month will be donated directly to SAG and mm-hmm. the WGA because we continue to stand in solidarity and support them. And I mm-hmm. encourage you that if you're in LA or New York and get out to the picket lines, please do. You can go, if you're not a member, it's not a big deal. You go in, you sign in, and then you pick up a sign, you start walking and start chanting and and, and show people that this matters. So if you get a yeah. chance to go out there, uh, please do. I'm, I'm trying to go out there twice a week, every week. So if you see me, say hi, say hi. I'll Yay. be there, I'll be there. Amazing. Any final words, Clara? Um, if you haven't already and you're interested in doing so, you should leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts because mm-hmm. then I can read it and I can cry about it. This is why I I love you. Well, many reasons why, <laughs> but like you continue you continuously uh, remind people to review the podcast, and I do not. And we should uh, we should be telling them very often because um, reviews help us a lot. So if you yeah. can't support on Patreon, a review is perfectly fine and makes us very happy so yeah and it's just nice hearing from you guys obviously a podcast platform i mean the patreon's also another great way to like kind of like interact with us more directly but i think reviews are a nice way to kind of touch base exactly i agree not 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 to encourage people to send their mean reviews but even the not positive reviews are interesting to take in sometimes because like we just don't know you listen to us and then you we just don't know we don't hear from you i would love to hear from you Hit me up on the reviews on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree completely. So uh, this is the end for reels now. Everybody's listening. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, And uh, we'll see you guys next week with the movie that I don't know. Oh, it's going to be 20th Century Women. I'm almost positive. Oh, yeah. That'll be the movie we're discussing next. So uh, everybody else have a great week and we'll see you guys later.